We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Let's go. All right. All six check marks in here. It's Tuesday night, the 24th of October, and it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall, and on the other side of the screen there, Carl Dummler. Carl, we actually met uh, for the first time ever since starting the show in November 2016. I think it. Mm-hmm. I really think it was November 2016. Uh, how how you feeling? Life any different? Uh, your, your wife jealous? What's going on? <laughs> my family <laughs> well, also just to, before my family really enjoyed meeting you and uh, talking with you and your dad as well. So shout out to uh, Mr. Dumbler, the father. Yeah, yeah, he enjoyed your family as well. And uh, no, it was it was good meeting all of you. Uh, my wife was a little jealous getting to hear that your wife and family on everybody came out. And I told her one of these times we'll take the kids, we'll take everybody. They're just not quite at that age yet to, to be able to handle that kind mm-hmm. of event. But uh, but no, it was. It was good. You lived up to the hype. Uh, you were a little little taller than I, I realized, you know, and the camera, I get a little, I get, I get this, you know, and then I get some of your mountain pictures, but they're all like you off in the distance hiking kind of thing. And so I don't always get a perspective of how tall you are. Nick is very tall, if you didn't know. I'm not that tall. I'm like six foot, six one, really, but uh no offense, Carl. That means uh, I guess that would mean that you're short. I mean, I'm. I think I'm probably Iowa average because they grow big in the Midwest. That's why there's so many offensive linemen coming out of the state constantly. But yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, the meet and greet. Go ahead. I was gonna say we're short and stocky in Kansas. That's what we get out here. If you're any taller, the wind would blow you away, right? That's right. That's a- <laughs> So uh, well, let's say hello to some people in the chat as uh, we start to get this show going here. Also had a chance to meet Dylan Von Arks. Great guy. Uh, Natalie wanted me to give you a shout out. She said she really enjoyed talking with you at the uh, dinner table at Elway's. So appreciate you. I uh, said, so sup Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in. Share on all platforms and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, sh- shout out to Dylan's dad as well. Meeting him. That was great. Uh, we got David Youngkin coming in here saying, hope everyone had a great time at the meet and greet. Still not feeling so well again today, so have a great show tonight. Well, David, you can listen after the fact when, you know, shutting your eyes and whatnot, and uh, hopefully we won't put you to sleep, uh, but, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully you feel a lot better. Um, we got Jerron Washington coming in saying, I heard Kareem Jackson's suspension got reduced. We will get to that here soon. Mike S. is in the house saying, what's up, Carl, Nick, Scott, Dylan, and Broncos country? What's up with you, Mike S.? Hope you're doing well. Kevin Grace says, evening, everybody. Mile high salute, Broncos country, Denver Broncos for life. Good to see you, Kevin. Hope that you're doing well. We got William coming in and saying, oh, I know, but I also know how the NFL is talking about the uh, reduced suspension here. Uh, I guess let's just get into it as we kind of let the chat continue to breathe here. We have the news today coming down that the Kareem Jackson slash the Broncos appealed the four-game suspension for Kareem Jackson, which was handed down from the NFL yesterday. It goes to Derek Brooks, a Hall of Fame linebacker of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of the best linebackers of that era. Um, and he reviews it and we have a reduced suspension of Kareem Jackson from four games to two games. Carl, what are your thoughts on this news for the Broncos and Kareem Jackson? Well, I, I was thinking a little bit, he got pretty fortunate having a guy like Derek Brooks who loved to hit people pretty hard back in his day. 
um, to be the guy that's reviewing this. And I, I would say, I, I agree that there should be a suspension. Mm-hmm. Uh, of all of his hits, this is probably the least egregious, I guess you could say. But it's still one of those things where he's got this reputation that he's built up. And it was, you got to be smarter in those kind of moments. You know, a big hit's not really going to do a whole lot. The guy already had taken three steps. So they're probably going to call it a catch, even if he does go to the ground and the ball pops out kind of thing. Um, so I, I, there's just so much within that play that just was not a smart decision by Kareem Jackson. And these hits just keep hurting the team itself. Uh, part of me is in that mindset of I'd rather just see what P.J. Locke could do for the rest of the season. You know, he's a guy that maybe could be here beyond this season. I don't see, I don't see Kareem Jackson being here beyond this season. I'm not even sure if he finishes out this season with the Broncos. And so, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it's down to two, two games because that safety group pretty much after you get past now the two starters and PJ Locke and Justin Simmons, it's not pretty. And so I, that would be a worry for me if either of those two went down at this point. Yeah, it would be a worry and did want to give a shout out to uh, Nick Corti, uh, who works for, uh, gosh, who is he with today? over? He's still with over the cap. Um, so always good to see him. He does a lot of good compensatory work as well. If you ever see like the projected compensatory picks, it's probably Nick Corti uh, that does the work, but he pointed out that while the Broncos getting Kareem Jackson back in theory should help, you know, the depth and everything, they're going to miss secondary depth over the next two games because they're playing the chiefs next week. First game of the suspension, the Chiefs have the second-best passing DVOA through seven games so far this season. And then they play the Bills, uh, who are the fourth-highest-ranked passing DVOA offense in football. The next two games, then they play the Vikings and the Browns, the 14th and the 32nd-ranked DVOA offense, passing offenses. So having depth back will be good, I guess, at any way you can have it. I'm excited to see what P.J. Locke can do in this situation uh, with the opportunity that he has now. But uh, you have two games coming on and say what you will about cream Jackson, but just even the depth. I mean, I saw enough Delaire and Turner yell to last me the season and we are one trade or one ding away from that being the Broncos reality again. Right. I mean, I, I will say, I think I really do think that PJ lock could be an upgrade over what we've seen cream Jackson in coverage, at least. Yes. Maybe not in the run defense, but at least in coverage because cream Jackson has been terrible in coverage all year. He's always that step behind, which is part of why he's, doing some of these big hits is because he's late getting there to knock the ball out. And uh, so, like I said, I, I'm not, I don't feel like unless there's an injury or like you said, a trade, if those two can stay healthy for these new next two games, I think the Broncos can weather that no problem without cream Jackson. But, uh, but we got David, big Papa coming in uh, with a $5. Papa and, Papa yeah, that's Bear. right. Papa. Yeah. Sorry. Big Papa, Papa bear. Uh, hey, it's great seeing you at the game. Glad you were able to make it and getting that chance to talk with you a little bit. And I know my dad enjoyed getting to talk to you as well there on the tailgate. I uh, said, good evening, Broncos country, Nick, Carl, Dylan, and Deacon. Uh, no show. <laughs> Made it back to Yuma. It was awesome meeting you both. Hashtag Buckham three times. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, David, great to see you. Glad to see you made it back and everything. And glad you got to see a victory. And Nick, you yeah. broke your curse, man. Amazing. 0 for 9, 1 for 10 now. That's yeah. uh, that, that's great to hear. <laughs> Is that do, streak? Do we have a streak going? No, heck yeah. Uh, good to meet Papa Bear, man. It was really fun talking with you, uh, hanging out on the tailgate, at the tailgate. Uh, hopefully we'll see you next year again, too, and uh, really do appreciate you know putting a face to the name I've seen on Facebook for so many years. Also, somebody who joined us at the tailgate. And a really fun to talk to and his stepson, uh, Troy Bauer, says, hey, guys, stock up offensive line as the data comes in. Uh, Sutton, maybe Judy a bit, Locke, Devontae P. Ryan. Well, there's the show, guys. We can wrap it on up here. <laughs> Troy's got us covered. We'll, we'll get into a little bit more here. But, uh, yeah, definitely so we got some stock ups coming off of a victory against a very lackluster Packers team. Uh, I will be curious to see who has the higher draft pick come April between the Broncos and the Packers. I feel like that was two teams that were, you know, punching at the same level uh right now but uh wasn't super impressed with jordan love uh we'll see what happens with the rest of the season and talk about another guy coming in here naj man my family loved the energy it was really awesome to meet you naj i mean man what energy that is the only word i can use and just pop, 
positive energy. Actually, that's what I go yeah. with. But he says, hey, brothers, great seeing you brothers this weekend. Phenomenal time being part of that win is special. Looking forward to seeing this team play their best game of the season Sunday. Hell yeah, Naj, love that. Have to keep running the ball. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I agree with that completely, Naj. You have to run the ball to protect your quarterback who likes to hold on to the football to keep those pass rushers back. You know, maybe Chris Jones thinks a little bit more about, you know, pressing a gap if he has to play gap and a half or two gapping assignment there. Surprisingly, though, I, I went back and looked at the Chiefs data from the first game and the Broncos actually ran the ball more than they passed it in that game. I, I left that game thinking, man, they should have ran the ball more than they did. But uh, they actually ran the ball more than they passed, which is pretty rare for a team that's not really utilizing quarterback runs so much. But I'm with you. They got to run the ball, and hopefully it can continue to be as effective as we saw this week. I want to see some more of that six offensive line looks. Get Quinn Bailey back out there. Just punch him in the damn mouth. I'm I'm tired of everything else. Just beat him up. Yeah. I, they use that. I don't, I don't, I'm trying to remember how many times they put Quinn Bailey on the field. But it was definitely a big part of their offense in this game. And... So I went back and looked at the, the rushing stats for this one. Uh, I mean, the raw stats were 25 carries, 145 yards, 5.8 yards per carry. I mean, that's phenomenal. But then you think about it. The Broncos had a negative 11-yard rush in this game. That was the, the Mims play where they tried to do the reverse, uh, and it he kind of danced around, and it just did not go well. You know, if you take that play out of there, they're averaging close to seven yards a carry in this game. I mean, that, that's just dominating offensive line, running backs, finding the holes, everybody working well together. And if they can do that against the Chiefs, yeah, they definitely stand a great chance to at least keep it close. Yeah, without a doubt. And we got a lot of people in here hanging out with us today. If you could do us a big favor, click the thumbs up on the way in and uh, stop by and say hello. We always like to hear from people too. You know, don't be a stranger. Contribute to the chat. That's what makes this uh, this group really special? Uh, we got Stu McPeak also coming in here. Man, the uh, the Mile High Huddle crew is the people who all we met at uh, the tailgate are coming in strong today. Really nice to meet Stu and his family as well. Says, hi, guys. Great to meet you in person on Sunday. It was great to meet you too, Stu. I know that uh, Chad calls you one of the very first on that Mount Rushmore of uh, the contributors to the show. So shout out to you, Stu. We really appreciate you coming out to Denver out there for the tailgate. And uh, awesome to meet you, man. And Glad everybody got to see win. I mean, the tailgate being three and zero is pretty, pretty.
pretty incredible. I mean, the tailgate has more wins than the actual Broncos do on way less attempts over the last, you know, or this season. But I mean, God, three for three. Unbelievable. Right. And yeah, Stu, it was. It was great to meet you in person, get a little chance to talk to you. And, and, and wish we had more time to talk to all of you guys. Yeah. It just it's always kind of a chaotic time. And uh, but it is. It's a great time. Naj before. You're right. Just that positive energy. He had some very kind words to say to us in that day. And and uh, he, he got me believing that we were actually going to win that game yesterday. I, mm-hmm. I, I changed over. I know in our our pick em for for mile high huddle, I said the Broncos are going to lose by three. And all of a sudden, Naj started talking him up. And I'm like, all right. Yep. I believe I think this is going to happen. And so and like I said, just all you guys just I know it's been not a, a fun season at times, but you guys just keep making this fun. You know, yeah. you, you make it worth sticking this out through these difficult times. So appreciate all of you. Yeah, just talking with the Naj, I thought we were going to get like a Ric Flair woo uh, from a, at the end of a few <laughs> sentences. And I was here for it, man. That was, yeah, it was really great. Uh, we got Paul coming. I know Paul wants to come into one of the visits in the future. He says, hello to Nick and Carl. Hello to you, Paul. Always great to hear from you. Hope you're doing well, buddy. Uh, we always really do love hearing from you. We got Zach Power saying afternoon, fellas. Always good to hear from him. He also says stock up Javante Williams. Looks all the way back. Had some quicker cuts this past week. Still breaking tackles a madman. I, I would be shocked if he doesn't make Carl and I's list as we dig into it deeper. Ernie Mays in here. Hello. Hello, Ernie Mays only. He says, hello, Nick and Carl go Broncos country only. Good to see you, Ernie. We got Danielle Berry Sports coming in. Yo, yo, yo. Todd Ostendorf saying hello, Broncos country. Good to see you, Todd. Always fun to see David Sharp in the house too saying sup. It's up to you, David. Always appreciate you coming in and saying hello. Roy Osborne, good to see you. Also, congrats on breaking the Kendall curse. Hopefully, I didn't pass it down to the next generation. Maybe having that breaking that curse before my son is born, uh, we can have you know better luck going forward. <laughs> Albert Knopper's in here as well. Good to see you. Kaylon Green with a uh, relatively new Facebook picture, I believe, here. Um, so good to see you. Still smoking that cigar, uh, you know, the, the Joe Burrow, if you will. <laughs> Uh, but always good to see you coming in here. We got Raul coming in here saying hello to you. Good to see you, Raul. Um, it's great. Um, there we go. Uh, Troy coming in saying, but I'm not sensitive, but since you asked on the morning show, it's boo her, not Bauer. Boo oh. her. So, uh, you know, I guess boo that's a, her. when we see Taylor Swift come up on the screen, what do we do? We just because she's a Chiefs, I don't have any other issues there, but now she's Chiefs, you know, we, we have to boo her. Sorry, T Swift. Um, but uh, no, boo her. Easy one. We got Chase Wellner in the house, too, saying Broncos uh, BTB, of course, building the Broncos. And Dan Wilkett comes in with the question, when has the Denver Broncos ever covered a tight end? Travis Kelsey for another 200 yards. Well, this last game was not bad. I mean, it feels like everything. The issue is that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey share a brain, and like they are calling freelance plays out there for them where they both have to read it together and they almost do i mean there's like it's unbelievable it's like when you have a really good basketball team or soccer team out there and like there's still the confines of the structure of what they're trying to do but those two guys can pretty much like yeah do what you want andy reed gives them that ability and that's just so damn hard to cover especially with patrick Mahomes' ability to escape the pocket and create uh outside of structure and the Broncos have had it pretty hard uh, covering him historically. Now, I will say Vic Fangio, the defense with Vic Fangio, I know, boo, yay, whatever you want to say there. But they did actually hold Kelsey to, like, below career norms, and they were one of the better tight end teams against uh, expectation uh, in the league. But, I mean, find me – I can probably name two t- two linebackers right now, maybe three that I'd be like, okay, I feel really good about matching up with Travis Kelsey. Fred Warner – Demario Davis and Roquan Smith is playing unbelievable football for the Ravens right now, but it's just, it's, it's really hard to do. Travis Kelsey is going to be a first ballot hall of famer might be the best tight end of all time. I, he might get 200 yards. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of a cheat code in the NFL when you've got a great tight end, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of, you've got about three or four guys that are actually really good tight ends in the NFL and everybody else kind of gets bunched together. And mm-hmm. if you got them, I mean like Travis Kelsey, George Kittle is another one that had an incredible game this last weekend, even though they lost. Um, when you've got that kind of talent and you just got these matchup nightmares of what you can do on the field, it uh, just makes a big difference. And so, you know, it's one of those. I mean, Travis Kelsey's going to get his yards for sure, but it's can you limit the, limit the rest of the players? You know, if you can hold him to maybe 100 yards and a touchdown and then hold the rest of the receivers to 
100 yards and, and a touchdown, you can maybe stand a chance. And but I get it. It's mm-hmm. tough to watch him wide open all those yeah. times. I mean, it's just you because it's not like he's even fast. I mean, he's he's got some speed. He's he's quick. Yeah. But he's not like this guy that's just flying down the field. That's an athletic freak by any means. But somehow he's always open because he's just smart. Like you said, him and Mahomes are on the same page. Even the plays where he's covered, he's like telling Mahomes where to throw it. He's pointing, going, "Nope, get that guy's open. I've got three on me. Throw it to him." Yeah. And so he's making Mahomes' job even easier just by being yeah. out there. So it just it's crazy how football intelligent he is. Yeah, in this league, maybe the best tight end ever. Not as dominant at his peak as Gronkowski, in my opinion, but Gronk was kind of a you know a meteor, right? He flashed and just the play style and the physicality it wasn't going to last very long. Same age. Uh, Kelsey and Gronk, same age, but Kelsey is still playing and Gronk's doing whatever the heck Gronk wants to do. Um, Jay, Jay was so uh, 989 coming in saying at least the Nuggets are playing. Plus, will Kareem get his suspension reduced at the top of the show? Uh, we let it known that Kareem's suspension has been reduced from uh, four to two. It's now so uh, thanks to Derek Brooks. So he'll be out for the Chiefs game by week and then the Bills game. So we'll see uh, if he can keep his money and not, not make some more hits that are going to be fine and be suspended potentially longer. That's okay. David. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say real quick. Nuggets are up 60 to 48 for anybody in the chat, wondering how that game's going. There you go. I, I don't have a NBA team, so I'll be cheering for the nuggets until the Sonics come back. Uh, so uh, we'll see if that ever <laughs> happens. David McElrath coming back in saying it was awesome to meet everyone. Stu Naj. Thanks for the awesome compliment. And Michaela. Yeah. Michaela there as well. Uh, I mean, Bama X, we had so many people in there. We got Greg Smith saying, good evening, Broncos country. Always good to see you. Uh, hope you're doing well. And yeah, not saying you the man, Papa Bear. Dennis Woods in here. Evening, Nick and Carl. Uh, were you able to take your an- analyst hats off on Sunday and just sit back and watch the game? Or is your analyst hat always on? Hey, gang, make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day you know how it is watching the broncos to say the least you work up a bit of an appetite but you can get ahead of that by ordering online during our pizza pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after nfl kickoffs plus all day sunday and get ready for some football and fun choose your favorite little caesar's pizza or pick the toppings you crave either way you win personally i'm a big fan of little caesar's plain cheese pizza but my favorite for what it's worth is the pepperoni with stuffed crust and speaking of winning everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup so grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game <sighs> I, I guess i'll start on this one yeah go ahead um, very side so, for me. <laughs> yeah so I, i'd say a little bit at the meet and greet you still got to keep a little bit of your analyst mindset i guess a little bit mm-hmm. i mean but it's still a fan time of getting together talk bronco football eat some good food um uh, at the game yeah i mean i had bronco gear on had my dad got to bring him to the game um i know you got to bring like we talked earlier we all got to bring a little bit of our families and um i, I hadn't been to a game with him for a long time especially in denver it'd been since i was like 10 11 wow. 12 years old something like that uh so for us to be able to be in Denver, have a game together, got to sit in the South stands, which is always like the just classic great place to sit as a Bronco fan. And uh, so, yeah, I got to take off that hat and just enjoy a great game because it really was. It was a really good game to watch, you know, back and forth. I mean, it wasn't perfect by any means, but I mean, like I said, just that back and forth close game, seeing big plays made by the Broncos when they absolutely needed one. Um, it, it, it'll be a, a great memory. And it was just a great day, like 75 out, hardly any wind. Like it was just weather-wise, you couldn't ask for a better game that way, way either. But, yeah. um, and like I said, just good company, good game. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm just so dialed in on the matchups that, uh, and the analyst hat really never truly comes off because I have guys that I've like highlighted and they'll dialed in on. Uh, I will say that, watching the game live is sometimes harder to be the analyst. Cause I can't like pause it and rewind it and, you know, like change the speed of it as well uh, to see everything I have. Like when you see a good run play, good run plays don't just happen. You have to be able to watch like six, seven different guys executing. Like there was a good run play from Russell Wilson, not from Russell Wilson, from a uh, Javante Williams where Russell Wilson really sold the boot 
action off of it. And I don't know if you, you get the same quality run uh, unless you have Wilson sell that as hard as he did. So there's just a lot of aspects to it, but definitely I mean cheering for the Broncos cheering when the crowd's loud. Uh, the analyst hat pretty much always stays on oh, at least a little bit. Michael Ronquillo saying good evening, Nick and Carl on Bronco building the Broncos. Good to see you, Michael. Always appreciate it. Hopefully we can get you out uh, to a meet and greet here soon. We also got string guy coming in here saying hi, Nick and Carl. Uh, would you guys rather have five or six wins this season? So that put the Broncos at five and 12 or six and 11 or the first or second pick in the first round. I hate to be this guy. Uh, I think five and six kind of puts you in no man's land. What are you picking there about seven to 12? I think I'd probably rather have the first or second pick in the draft because I mean, what, what does that have you finish then down the stretch about 500, maybe barely under over. I mean, I, I don't know. I think I'd rather have the superstar quarterback and the assets that could come with that or the uh, benefits that come from that. But if you guys think five or six better then God bless you. Um, that's, that's just my opinion. Does it matter who they win against? Let's say they beat the chiefs this weekend. That, that's you know? Scott's on the same page with you. He's flailing in the background there. Um, that I mean, hell yeah. Yeah. Sign me up, beat the chiefs, beat the Raiders, still get the second uh, overall pick or first overall pick. Hell yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm always torn because you, you hate to get into that mindset of losing. Like it's just, it's hard to always drag yourself completely out of that. And, and it's still, I mean, every season's a new season, you know, you're going to have 35% of your roster overturned from the year before. So um, it's not like you're kind of building that into your, um, to your, your DNA of the team, but I, I'd still say it'd be tough to cheer for lo- losses, I guess, unless we're getting to like the end of the season and you're like right on that edge mm-hmm. and like, it's coming down to the final game of the year. And if you win, you're going to like the fifth pick. If you lose, you're getting the first pick. Then I'd be probably cheering for a loss at that point. Just because like I said, it just opens up a lot of options. Yeah. You know, you go quarterback um, if you decide, Hey, let's just really rebuild this roster with a lot of options, a lot of players, get our draft picks back that we've lost over the last couple of years. Uh, that, that's another option for you. Obviously I'd want them to go the quarterback <laughs> if that's the direction they're going. But, um, no, I, I kind of like though, just being able to build a little bit, especially some of these young players, getting them used to winning and learning that they can win here in the NFL. Yeah. So, and, and I'm with you we can't control it. Right. So I'm going into it with the analyst hat on. And if they win awesome, let's see why. And hopefully get uh, some momentum going for some of the young guys. And if they lose one pick closer to a higher draft pick, I'm just trying to find the sunny yeah. side, no matter what in the situation. Yeah. So that's how I went I, to the Packers game as well. So that's right. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. I had somebody, they, they messaged me and they said, was this the worst win in Broncos history? And I was like, what? <laughs> and, and I mean, I get it. They're, they're, the Broncos could have been right there. Number two pick if they lost this game. Mm-hmm. And so, but it, they only moved back to the fourth pick just because a lot of the other bad teams actually won this weekend. And so I, like I said, I don't think it hurt them all that bad. I mean, unless we're getting down to the end and that one, I guess one win can make a difference, but we got Michael coming back in saying, good evening, Nick and Carl and building the Broncos go Broncos. Michael, always good to see you in here. And like Chad or like, Nick said earlier, it'd be great to see at one of these meet and greets sometime. Just, you know, you're always coming in every single show. So appreciate that. Yeah, we really do. Let's see. Did we get the the Naj question? We did get to Naj uh, stars earlier, unless he came in with another one. Uh, I think we're all caught up on stars. Uh, No, no, we didn't get this one. Yeah, Yeah. God bless you, Naj. Go ahead, Carl. All right. He says, hey, brothers, this seemed to be to me to be the coaching staff's best game. Thoughts? At the beginning of the year, you correctly said D-line and pass rush was questionable. What, if anything, can be done to help the non-existent rush? Uh, so let's start with the, the coaching staff part of this question. Uh, I, I would agree. I think this is a very good called game. Um, few little mistakes here and there that I would disagree with, but it's you're still playing to the level of your talent. You know, yeah. I, I think there was plays to be made where there was a right play call called. Um, I think – You've highlighted on Twitter a couple times. There was a couple red zone plays where there was man coverage. Easy to see if you hold that linebacker to the right, um, that Jerry Judy is going to break open in the middle and just Russell Wilson missing some of those. And you can't put that on the coaching staff. You know, if you draw up a play that's supposed to be able to work and they just miss it, that's on them. So I, I thought that was well. And then, yeah, 
Vance Joseph, I thought he did pretty darn good calling a game. Uh, you know, he, he the pass rush really wasn't about actually getting home. It was kind of about contain since Jordan Love has a little bit of athleticism. I, I wish there was a few more times where they let them pin their ears back and just go for it just so you can get the big play, the big stop kind of thing. That, that was probably my one big issue there. And, you know, and some of it is they just don't have the pass rushers. I mean, we've talked about it. They just don't have that guy that can dominate. Baron Browning actually did do pretty good in his limited snaps this game. So maybe he'll be your guy moving forward that could actually bring a little bit more to the pass rush. But yeah, otherwise, I mean, you can do some smoke and mirrors. I remember the, the 2005 Broncos, they had, by the end of the year, statistically, a top 10 defense. And they, they didn't have a ton of talent. I mean, they had Champ Bailey and they had John Lynch. So I'm not trying to say, but they had a lot of secondary help. The, the pass rush kind of came from smoke and mirrors. Larry, Larry Coyer, I think, was the defensive coordinator back then. And, uh, and once they got into the playoffs, though, that Pittsburgh game, some of those smoke and mirrors stopped working. And that's always the problem when you kind of go in that kind of direction. It can work sometimes, but it can also really bite you in the butt to kind of do that. And so sometimes it's almost worth just kind of almost playing that bend, but don't break. Like we're not going to get too complicated. We're not going to get too crazy or cute here. We're just going to hope that we can hold up and hold you to field goals. And have you seen Carl? I guess we just answer Naj first. Um, best game. I think overall is a very good game from them other than the post green Jackson Jackson ejection gaff. And uh, my God, did you, I mean, we were at the game, Carl, but have you gone back and seen, Sean Payton absolutely lose his freaking mind on PJ Locke and Vance Joseph on the sideline, having to burn a timeout because they only had 10 guys on the field. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was ugly. Uh, I mean, we know who's in charge, damn, but that was a, that was yeah. pretty bad. Um, so other than that, I think it was a pretty good, uh, pretty well called game um, from the coaching staff. Uh, special teams was good turnovers too. I mean, those are always two that I'm going to harp on. Uh, but as far as the pass rush goes, as I said from the start, I just don't know if you have the horses. I feel like you got a lot of complimentary guys, but I don't know who's the straw stirring the drink up there. I think uh, from what I saw in the limited snaps, Browning is probably your most gifted defensive front player um, because I think he's got the a little bit more power and uh, punch than we see from Nick Benito. Uh, Nick Benito has been good this season, but I always I think he's a little bit more limited in terms of the pitches that he has, um, yeah. where I think Browning can do a little bit more. I mean, there was a move that he had. He didn't get home. But he just absolutely, it was like a Von Miller. Uh, I think it's called a ghost move, but he just like dipped under. It was, that was, I mean, like, oh, wow, that would be on a highlight for somebody, even though he didn't finish the rep. But uh, Browning getting back should help some. And just you're hoping in the back end, too. Uh, guys just get a little more comfortable with the scheme, what's being asked of them. But I mean, like Allen, good bit. D Jones, a good player. You wish he had, you know, a number one into your defensive lineman. Browning, Benito Cooper, good guys. I don't think any of them are number ones in terms of edge rushers. So you're just kind of missing those different maker difference makers up front. Uh, we'll see if anybody can grow a lot of young guys still there. I mean, Zach Allen's still pretty darn young too. Uh, even though you sign him, he came into the league, I think only 21, I think it's only 25 right now. So you still have growth potential there. I just don't know if you have any true, like all pro potential guys out there. Right. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I, I don't think any, anything can be done this off season. I would probably be worried that you probably can't do a whole lot next offseason either. You know, I mean, you can still add some, like you said, more complimentary pieces and kind of piece them together and make them kind of work. But it's going to be hard to find that true dominant player unless, let's say, the Broncos do win five, six, seven games and end up in that about pick 10. And there's one of those pass rushers that you really like coming out of this, this draft class. You know, there's nobody that's really jumping off the page quite yet for me. I haven't quite got into that group, that grouping yet in all of my, you know, getting up ready for the draft and stuff. But um, there's not some of them like we saw the last couple drafts where you're just going, oh, yeah, this guy, he is your true number one pass rusher in this class. Yeah, there's no uh, Will Anderson. There's no Jalen Carter in this class, too. This is very right. offensive, heavy uh, top of the draft. There's obviously still defensive talent uh, to be had. But I mean, I'm going to be honest, if Russell Wilson's not your guy, and I think it was Michael Lombardi about a week ago said that like there's no way they're going to bring Russell Wilson back of uh, NFL insider, former guy in the league. So, uh, But uh, then I pr I'm probably going to be gung-ho more so about just getting an offensive piece to help whoever the quarterback is eventually, if it's not a quarterback, uh, that is. So 
Yeah, Carl, I did want to ask you about this. You're talking about the defense and the passers getting better. Did you see that like defensive numbers and passing numbers are like down to historic levels? Like yards per reception are might be the lowest in NFL history. Uh, I think I saw data on that. Um, just the overall points are way down right now as well. I mean, have you seen any of this uh, data going on right now in the NFL? Uh, I, I mean, I've seen a little bit of it. Uh, I've seen there's been a little bit of kind of an uptick against Vic Fangio kind of defenses where teams have figured out a few things they can do to attack that, that style of defense, but other teams, like I said, I think have made a little bit of a comeback on some other areas. So um, yeah, I, I think we've seen offenses be a little bit down this year for sure. Yeah, they've been a lot more spotty, I guess I should say. Cause I mean, there's games where they just dominate like the Miami dolphins have games where they're just explosive beyond belief. And then the next week they just don't have a whole lot. You know, so it's just very up and down. Yeah, and I don't know if so much the Vic Fangio defense is out and being replaced, but more so teams like the yards per reception. The reason that is so low is probably because the two high safety shells, the cover six that you're seeing right now, and teams are really trying to mimic. I mean, watching the 49ers operate last night, that ball is out of Purdy's hands quick. Lickety split, getting the ball in the playmaker's hands. That's really the way to beat that Vic Fangio defense, unless you're beating the hell out of them in the ground game. Uh, Gary Palmer coming in 999 says, good evening, Nick, Carl, Dylan, and Scott. Great pod guys. Well, great Gary, Gary. We appreciate you. Says, uh, thanks. Go Broncos. Always good to hear from you. Hope you're doing well. I also saw Tim Durr was in the house. Todd Ostendorf. I don't know if we said hello to you yet. Malcolm Brown is in the house as well. Saying hello from Homer, Alaska. Always great to see you. Uh, Eric Smith coming in. So I think we should talk a little bit about PJ Locke and cream Jackson as well. Uh, even a little bit more um, before we move on to our stock up and stock down. But Eric has a comment over on Facebook. If you guys are over on Facebook, like Eric, make sure you click the thumbs up. It says uh, if PJ Locke can show improvement, the defense will be better without cream Jackson. He blows a lot of his coverages. You mentioned about this. What do you mean about the, why would coverage be better with PJ Locke than cream Jackson? Not that I disagree. Just I want to hear what you have to say. I think, oh, and also want to say hello to Chris Anderson because he had some nice comments coming in here as well. Good to see you, Chris. Uh, hello, guys. Hello to you, Chris. So, th- there are times where I see Kareem Jackson, I think, go a little bit rogue on some plays where he's guessing where something's going to happen. And when he guesses wrong, it leaves somebody wide open. There's just been a lot of times where it's like he's taking that step forward, thinking he's going to come up, you know, if it's a play action. And he's going to come lay a big hit on the running back. And all of a sudden, his guy's beating him over the top where he's not in position. Um, There's just been too much of that where he's, I think he's what, 35 right now, 34, somewhere in there. And he's obviously lost a step. So he can't make up for it if he takes a false step. And the other thing, I, I just see him, he keeps going for those big hits. And there's times where because he's trying to go for the big hit, he he'll miss the tackle. Like, especially in the run game, there's been some big run plays that have happened because he just, he's not being technical in what he's trying to do on the field. And so, like I said, out of position, missing some tackles. And so it's just a very high variance of what he's bringing to the field. It's either a really great play or a really, really bad play. And there's just not a whole lot of just consistent play in, play out, doing his job. And I feel like PJ Locke, especially because they've simplified the defense over these last few weeks. You know, ever since that Miami game, like they're just pretty much like, okay, we're going to make it as simple as possible for everybody. And which I mean, okay, then the offense knows exactly what they're trying to do, but at least everybody knows their job. And like I said, if if sometimes Kareem Jackson is not doing his job, that could be a problem where PJ Locke could come in and be that guy that's, hey, you got this, this quarter over here. And he'll be just like, okay, that's exactly what I'm going to go do. Yeah. Yeah. PJ Locke has a little bit more athleticism on the back end for that coverage. I do wonder what this means for the safety defined roles uh, that we've had, because so far we've seen a lot of cover three um, from Vance Joseph. So far, we also saw a lot of cover three from Azure Evero last season as well. And in those cover three looks, a lot of times it'd be Kareem Jackson, who'd be the whole safety, you know, the robber, whatever you want to call him coming down. And because he's a little bit more physical and you love Justin Simmons on the back end. But Simmons can do both. Uh, that's kind of yeah. what made him so great in that Vic Fangio defense. Uh, he can play single high. He can play too deep. Uh, he can come down and play that robber role as well. So I am curious to see if we see Simmons starting to be more of that walk down safety post snap uh, than we saw 
when Kareem Jackson was out there, just because I think Kareem Jackson, excuse me, I think PJ Locke is not as good in the run game and the run fits. He does not have that same physicality that Kareem Jackson brings. So I might be trying to hide him a little bit in the run game and the open field tackling. Uh, Even though Justin Simmons sometimes has some not so great looks in that area as well. It's probably my biggest complaint about him, but I I worry a little bit more about PJ Locke. So I'm curious to see if you'll see the safety rules flip a tad. Um, They're still running, you know, static looks uh, post snap. So you don't know or pre snap, excuse me. So you don't know which safety is going to come down or not. Uh, But I'm just curious to see if the the role split uh, for the safety, assuming Simmons is still on the team. Who knows what happens with the the trade deadline approaching. (laughs) So let me ask you about this because it's, it involves the secondary. So the Broncos benched Damari Mathis and put in Fabian Moreau. Um, And I I thought Fabian Moreau actually had a very good game Mm -hmm. considering what, what he was brought in. I think he only gave up two catches for seven yards in this game. Yeah. Uh, So one of the better games I've ever seen him play had another really nice pass breakup came and helped in the run game on a couple plays that were coming to his side. Um, I guess, do you try maybe Damari Mathis a little bit in that third safety spot just to see if he can handle that? Or is it just too late in the season to be trying something? I think if you see anything like that, the changes of roles probably come after the chiefs game uh, with the bye week before Monday night, I believe it's Monday night versus the bills, either Monday or Sunday. I don't I thought it was a night game, uh, but I don't think you'll probably see that this week. I'll be curious to see though. I mean, that's one of the big benefits of Mathis. Good athlete played a lot of slot at pit physical guy. some people thought he's a safety similar with Riley Moss. Uh, so with cream Jackson out for a bit, you have some, you have the option to try some different things. It's unfortunate. You're going against the goddamn chiefs who uh, have Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. So not really a game where you want to try things if you are super serious about competing against them. So it's a tough situation, no doubt. Right, right, it is. But uh, yeah, I, I was, I was glad actually to see Mathis get benched, and and maybe you bring him back eventually, just giving him a, a couple games, to really get his head clear, and just let him know, like, hey, we're not okay with what you brought, but we still believe in you for a little bit. I, I don't know what all they're going to do with him, but uh, like I said, Moreau had a great game. Now, given against the Packers, not great receivers, not a great quarterback, so always have to keep that stuff in perspective, but at least seeing our, our number two cornerback not completely look terrible out there. What was nice to see for sure. But we've got Zach Powers coming in saying if five, one, five defense becomes the norm, the true middle linebacker uh, position will gain in value to stop the run. I mean, they're, they're going to have a lot of field to cover if they're, if you go to a five, one, five. I'm curious if it's like five, one, five in terms of true, like, base defensive front or how just how hybrid those edge rushers are in that situation, because you have teams like Iowa state in the big 12 and a lot of teams in the big 12, honestly, uh, that run a three, three, five stack. And that three, three, five is like those two outside linebackers. They're up, they're down, they're sideways. Are they coming? Are they going? I don't know. So I'd have to go back and watch that chiefs uh, game to see just how hybrid the role was for those edge outside linebackers, whatever you want to see it. Uh, but yeah, the getting a little bit more speed on there and daring the chiefs to run it on you. I mean, even if they beat you with the run, at least it's death by a thousand paper cuts versus, you know, being <laughs> shot up by an Uzi, which is essentially the Mahomes Kelsey offense, especially what we saw last week. Uh, so I don't know. It is interesting. It's much more of a college approach to that, given the, uh, the size of the hash marks, the spacing and all the air raid stuff you see in uh college and spread but i mean with patrick Mahomes, you got to do some crazy things sometimes i just don't know if i trust vance joseph and the defensive talent uh to be able to change things up dramatically i, I just want them to do basics uh yeah execute the basics and hopefully that's enough to keep you in the game right no i'm with you there and you know this last game like i said i think they kept it very basic but they did well of, of being in the right spots. I mean, if you only give up 17 points a game, you're doing pretty darn good in the NFL, even against some bad teams. Uh, I'm not, again, I'm trying to understand that it was the Packers and they don't have a great offense, but I thought the run defense looked better. They still gave up a few long runs, you know, still some holes, still some missed tackles. I think that's probably my biggest issue with this defense right now is how many times they just miss a tackle. Um, Alex Singleton, yeah, we were going to get into stock up, stock down. He was on my stock down for this game. 
there's just I think PFF only gave him two missed tackles. I counted at least four, and that was me being like generous towards him. You know, there, there was especially that Aaron Jones. Um, I think it was Aaron Jones caught one late in the game, running down the field. It was just Alex Singleton, him in the middle of the field. He makes that tackle. They're in great position. You know, clock keeps moving, but he moves it and they almost get into field goal position right there at the end of the game because he misses that tackle, you know? And then, like I said, there's a few others that he just, he's not having, I would consider a great year by any means. He's just been very, very up and down. Yeah. Yeah, he's not been as good as last year. That's for sure. Uh, we got Patrick Wiltsey coming in here saying aloha, gents. Always good to see Patrick. Uh, hope you're doing well out there in Hawaii. Uh, we are getting our first big mountain snowstorm this week, so probably the end of my hiking season. And uh, you could send me a little bit of that uh, tropical aloha. I'd appreciate that now that the the big dark is coming for me out here in the Pacific Northwest. I might need to, to, to really re-up on that coffee uh, once the little guy uh, comes <laughs> comes here in january but appreciate you patrick always coming and supporting us with lion coffee make sure you listeners check out lion coffee as well and carl i do want to get into stocks up and stock down here i'm going to go stock up first if that's okay with you go take the floor on this one and the guy i got to go with on stock up has got to be Cortland sutton uh for me i mean what a big game for Cortland sutton It, it felt like the offense the passing game specifically was running through him on this one. Uh, he had that great, he had a couple really awesome third down conversions. There was one on that uh, far right sideline where Russell Wilson threw up a really good ball, um, held that safety off for a bit, and Wilson, uh, Sutton comes down with a good tough catch. We had him haul in a tough one on a slant on the right side of the field when they're going the opposite way as well. That was big. Uh, we've seen it in the last couple of years, Russell Wilson and Sutton have not really seemed to be on the same page. With the quick passing game, you know, a few slants where it's like Russell or Sutton had to leave his feet. Well, on a five-yard slant, you don't really want your wide receiver leaving his damn feet. But uh, that was one where he caught it and got it. And then the touchdown pass. I mean, great design, trips to the left, uh, double pick play, and boom, comes down with it. Uh, He looks to be, I don't think he's a true number one wide receiver, but he's the number one pass catcher in this offense. And got to be stuck up for me. One of the better games we've seen from him for a bit. Yes, I know, I know. Jair Alexander was out. Eric Stokes was out. Still out there making plays against NFL players. Stock up for me, Cortland Sutton. I'm excited to see what he does. And if that was his last game in a Broncos uniform, went out went out on a high note. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of all the wide receivers that there is a lot of trade talk going on, he's one of my – I kind of hope he sticks around. Just because, again, if we get a young quarterback, I like having a veteran wide receiver, even if he's not a true number one that he can lean into, like you said, those third down plays, a guy that he can trust to maybe go and make a tough catch for you. He, he's definitely been that in his career most most of the time. I mean, there, there's he has some really bad games. He kind of reminds me of DT in that way. He's he's less athletic DT. Uh, you know, DT would have games where he'd just dominate, catch everything thrown his way, and then he'd have a couple games where he'd just drop about two or three all of a sudden mm-hmm. or just not, not run the route like you would want him to. But, um, yeah, good one there. Uh, can I go an entire unit just because it's hard to separate them? Can I go the offensive line minus McGlinchey? I mean, McGlinchey didn't have a horrible game and there was a few right. combo blocks with minors where like him and McGlinchey were like chef kiss, but like, yeah. go with the whole offensive line. Let's hear it. I, I also want to throw in Quinn Bailey there. If you're going to do that. And we already shot him out earlier. Let's get it again. And as Scott mentioned in our private chat earlier, Quinn Bailey got robbed on what a great block called for a holding. Uh, he blocked yeah. him so good. It got called for a hold. Damn it. He had a, yeah. It was a great pancake. Mostly the guy actually kind of just fell down and he yeah. just kind of fell on top of him. Um, so yeah, horrible call. Uh, but just to give you some ideas, Cushenberry gave up zero pressures in this game. Now, given the Broncos are not asking him to do a lot of individual blocks, you know, one-on-one, but still for Cushenberry look good in that way. Powers gave up one hurry. Bowles gave up zero um miners gave up two hurries McGlinchey four hurries one hit zero sacks when's the last time we could say that in a denver broncos game gave up zero sacks i i had to do almost like a double take because i'm like i'm sure i missed one there had to be a sack somewhere in there and uh and so for them to do that and then like i said earlier the run game just dominating averaging almost six yards a carry uh that's just pretty unheard of in the nfl and they've done this for about three games now where the offensive line is is dominating. And last week when Scott and I were talking uh, about just, you know, where do you start rebuilding from? And, you know, some some people in the comments were 
talking about, you know, oh, we still need offensive line help. And while I agree, I mean, you don't stop trying to keep building that offensive line. I would say if we're looking at areas that need the most improvement, offensive line would be near the bottom of the list. You know, I mean, like I said, there still needs to be improvement, but they've been kind of a pretty consistent group this year. And I think part of the problem is just because offensive line play is just down in the NFL because you've got such incredible athletes on the defensive side of the ball. So you just see a lot of bad offensive line play. And if you're not watching all the other teams, you think your team's a bad offensive line. And, you know, and unless, then Russell you're like Wilson, the, unless you're like one of the top two. Right. Like there's like exactly. probably one or two fan bases like, yeah, we feel good. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. And the other part of it is just Russell Wilson doesn't always help his offensive line look great. There's pockets to step into. And instead he decides to try to get to the outside. You know, he does not feel comfortable staying in the pocket. He's never, he's just not been that kind of quarterback on a consistent basis. And, you know, that like there's especially some red zone plays. He really wants to get out of that pocket as quick as possible. Like he drops his eyes. He's wanting to, to run and then try to look, see if he can find somebody open. And it worked early in the season, but teams have kind of said, we're going to stop that. We're going to force you to beat us from this place. And he just, he, he's struggling to do it on a consistent basis. Yeah, he has a uh, good shout on the offensive line. Uh, I wanted to give Garrett Bowles specifically a shout out because I was very hard on him to start the year. I didn't think he played very well last year before getting injured and sounded like he was really struggling in camp. We saw that Arizona game where a bunch of no names really haven't, uh, or really made him struggle since that week one, that, that first preseason game, he's been a man on a mission. I'm almost to the point now where I'm thinking it's more likely that he gets a new contract than he is, uh, gone from the Broncos next year in spite of that 60, what is it? $16 million cap hit. Uh, next season. So I did want to give him a shout out other guy too, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry. I'm not sure if Lloyd is here long-term just because from people you and I have spoken with, it does sound like there's a lot of internal optimism and hype, I guess for, uh, we can use that word for Wattenberg and Forsyth. I think part of that is setting up to make it easier to move on from Cushenberry as well. Uh, but those two guys have gotten a lot of flack from you and I and everybody on here specifically, but Damn it. They're playing, they're playing pretty good football right now. They still have limitations without a doubt, but offensive line has been far from the issue uh, on this team so far. Uh, the, the guy who's the biggest issue is the hardest one to move on from in Mike McGlinchey, but uh, what can you do? <laughs> Hindsight, yeah. right? Um, talking about uh, you know, stock down on guys. I guess I get I'm going to take the easy cheese here on this one too, Carl stock. It's got to be stock down on Kareem Jackson. Uh, I know that, that was not the most egregious hit that we've seen from him this season, but he's lowering his head. He's, you know, launching with the crown of the helmet. The NFL is changing. You got to learn how to play within the rules and the confines now. And he is one bad hit away from maybe never seeing him in a NFL uniform again. And not just, you know, hurting somebody else, but he could hurt himself too, let alone the, the suspension stuff on top of that. So uh, Kareem Jackson, Stock down. I will say, given how the teammates rallied around him on social media, he does seem to be like somebody who they really, really do like uh, and yeah. appreciate and support, which there's something to be said about that for me. Uh, but I mean, you just, we just can't have it, man. Uh, we can't have it there, especially the penalties and stuff. And that big key game, man, that could have, they could have lost because of him putting himself in a situation like that. So got to be stocked down on Kareem Jackson. Uh, We'll see what happens going forward. Uh, and like I mentioned earlier, suspension reduced from four games to two games. All right. I'll, I'll go stock down mostly Adam Troutman, but really the tight end position. You know, it, it just, it is crazy how, how bad that group has, has looked this year. Non-existent. Um, yeah. Well, so how many yards do you think they had in this game receiving? four well double that eight okay eight okay <laughs> and so again it just kind of shows just how non-existent they've been like no team has any respect for the tight ends in this bronco offense you know i've seen plays where they're like kind of standing pretty wide open but even if they catch it they don't have any kind of athleticism to turn it into a decent play for you and you know run blocking they've been decent so don't get me wrong i'm not trying to say they've been nothing for this team but 
it just it's tough when you have that lack of a weapon to be able to attack, especially the middle of the field, mm-hmm. to keep teams honest and having to defend them. And you know, I think that's part of why you're seeing some of the coverage coverages that you're seeing thrown at the wide receivers because they're going, we can play one on one with this tight end, no problem, mm-hmm. and not have to worry about them. And uh, so, you know, I mean, Greg Dulcich going down. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to date our tight ends. <laughs> Greg Dulcich is a good looking dude. All right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's true. Continue, sorry. But like I said, and to him not being healthy, I get it. I mean, he can't control that, but it's still mm-hmm. just another blow to this team, another position that you're looking at that you have to get a huge upgrade. Because, I mean, Sean Payton, he's shown in the past, he likes tight ends. He mm-hmm. likes having a dominant guy that he can really turn towards and right now the Broncos are not even close to having somebody like that. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So stock up for me again. I know, I know I already said Javonta Williams. I should have just said all the running backs since I didn't know we were cheating, picking entire positional units. Sorry. Um, I mean, P Ryan in the past game, I know I saw some comments in here. Why aren't we getting Jaleel McLaughlin more touches? All the running backs are doing great in their roles. I mean, I don't, there's only so many reps to go around. Yeah. The running back. I mean, after the, you know, we did the four guys, one couch uh, post game episode of uh huddle up um directly after the game but like, the running back position definitely stock up but i gotta go with baron browning on this one uh he had a very good game for the broncos i know i got i got a little bit of gruff for you know giving him a shout out when uh he had the offsides and stuff but some of the reps and the flashes that he had were like okay this is why we're waiting on this this was a tantalizing player uh really excited to see what he can do going forward uh, i thought he looked like the most dominant pass rusher that Broncos team had uh, the get off the size, the power, the length uh, that he has as well. Uh, so I'm going to go stock up Baron Browning. The fact that he got through that game, not injured uh, is also a good one. I'm excited to see what he can do with more reps going forward. Uh, he's a really talented young player and God bless. Does that front uh, pass rush need him? Yeah, I think he won 25% of his pass rush opportunities. He had four, um, he had four hurries, and 17 pass rush opportunities. So not, not quite 25%, but I mean, that's, Close that's a pretty 20. good number. Yeah. That's a pretty good number for him right there. So like I said, if, if you could add that to this team, get that little bit of an upgrade on the, the pass rush, a little bit better depth, maybe I'm not ever going to say that this defense is going to start playing top 10 by any means, but at least get out of that bottom level tier and mm-hmm. keep you in games like they've done the last few weeks. So um, I guess I'll go, go stock up. Um, I and talked actually, about him a little bit. Real oh, quick, I could go have gone running backs because I said Cortland Sutton first. So yeah. uh, maybe we can come back to that one. Sorry, I was like, wait a second. I didn't say Javante Williams. I said Cortland Sutton. Continue. There you go. There you go. Uh, so like I said, I'll, I'll go Fabian Moreau. I said him earlier for getting thrown there into that starting spot. Um, and, you know, he's he's had a very up and down career for sure. More down than up. And just being across from Sertan, you're going to get a lot of targets thrown your way. Like, that's just the way this is going to work. And for, for him to hold up, I thought he just really handled himself well in that kind of position. So great to great to see that. It's still, I was really hoping Moss would get his first start. You know, just I want to see what he brings to this team. And he was inactive for this game. I'm interested to see moving forward if the Broncos are willing to get him on the active roster and get him at least a few snaps in this defense. That's a good call. Uh we're back to stock down now. Not too much longer left, so uh, we do want to keep it moving. So one more stock down and one more stock up. I know I gave props to the the guys, uh, Baron Browning specifically, but uh, Cooper and the other edge rushers, I'm going to have to go slight stock down here. They've had good seasons so far. I know they're playing a little bit more contained in this one, but just given the overall reps available to them, uh, the fact that we had Cooper with only one pressure in 20 pass rush snaps, the fact that we had Nick Benito with 21 pass rush snaps with zero pressures. I mean, that's, that's not getting it done. That's not even yeah. close to getting it done. Uh, so I'll have to go stock down both those guys again. I know part of it was the scheme, um, rightfully so. Uh, but you still, you had chances there uh, to make a difference there in the pass rush. And those guys weren't getting it done in this game. No, that's, that's a good choice. I, I agree. Especially you kind of expect that Bonito is at least going to get a couple pressures just because of his yeah. pure athleticism. And, and he didn't even get that kind of opportunity. And, and like I said, I, I think Broncos were playing a lot more contain just to, to keep uh, Jordan Love in the pocket and make him have to beat them from the pocket. Um, but it's still at the same time, there's a couple times you got to cut loose. And he just, this is not his kind of game. Like he, he just can't be that kind of 
edge rusher at this point yet in his career. Um, so I'll still stick with the, I guess, the offensive side of the, the ball. Marvin Mims. I know he wasn't given many opportunities by any means, um, but he had the the negative 11 yard carry. And I get like the defense was swarming already, um, but there's sometimes you just got to learn, like just move forward, like just go north, get as many yards as you possibly can. Try not to turn this into such a negative play that you can't come back from. And I felt like he just was trying to do a little too much at times. I feel like these last few games, he's really been pressing. He's just trying to, to live up to the hype. You know, he had such success those first few games. And I think he just needs to relax, play his game, let it come to him as it, as it goes. And he just hasn't been doing that. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that. Uh, we'll see how it goes going forward with him. I, if they trade one of the wide receivers, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for him. Um, but right. I, I just want to see what the reps are here, actually, between these guys. I mean, we had Marvin Mims with 18 snaps, little Jordan Humphrey. 20 snaps, Brandon Johnson, 22 snaps. I mean, Marvin Mims not really getting a big opportunity. And I'll be honest, when he touched the ball in that game, it did not work out very well with that uh, reverse. That was kind of ugly. Um, not totally his fault, but you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes, uh, continues going forward. Uh, another stock up for me here in the last one here, somebody that uh, I was hard on to start the season, you know, still a limited player, but I think has been improving each and every week. And that to me would be Zach Allen. Uh, I don't think Zach Allen is going to be a dominant, you know, number one type of interior defensive lineman, uh, but he finishes this week with uh, three pressures on 26 pass rush reps. Uh, he had three tackles in the game, three stops even, which uh, PFF categorizes a stop as a, uh, gosh, here we go, defensive stop. So it can, t- it can constitute the failure by the offense. So either, I think it's, two yards or less on a tackle. So, I mean, really good game from Zach Allen. I'm seeing flashing out there. There was one play where he almost made a big tackle in the backfield and uh, couldn't get it done. But uh, I think Zach Allen has been playing a lot better over these last two weeks. Uh, and I think he deserved a shout out as well. So you have some pieces on the defensive line. I, again, I don't think you got any alphas in there, but you got some guys who at least can be big contributors on a defensive front that are still under cost control for the next few years. So it's the cupboard is not bare. You just are looking for a difference maker there. Right. I'm with you there. I, I'll stick to, I'll go defense as well. Um, I'll go Jaquan McMillan. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say if you hardly hear a defensive backs name, probably means they've had a pretty decent game. And uh, <laughs> he did get credited giving up a touchdown, but that was off that tip pass where it just got tipped to his guy. Like you can't count that against him. I hate that they they put it like that, but um, but again, he had a pretty solid game in coverage. Only got targeted, I think, three times the entire game. Um, gave up eight yards total in the past game. I mean, it really it's almost like Patrick Sertan was our worst cornerback in this game, which is, is saying something. I don't. He had some pretty unbelievable plays. Uh, what? I, okay, I'm yeah. I'm not trying to say he was bad. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, with how Moreau played, with how McMillan played. It's almost like he actually had the the worst game of them all. Um, And it was still a good game. He still made some great plays. Don't get me wrong. And that almost interception, man, you know, there's just so many plays that were just like right there where this could have been a true blowout. Uh, And we could have had uh, daddy Kendall coming in with that that super chat. And yeah. And, and Naj would have been uh, right in his prediction of how this game was going to go, but just those unlucky breaks. You know, this has kind of been one of those seasons where it's not only that the Broncos have had some bad play, but they've had some bad luck on top of it. Yeah. You know, I think they're like one of the worst teams in fumble recoveries this year, you know, and percentage wise, uh, you know, th- that's that's a lucky thing. There, there's a little bit of skill. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's still you you got to go get the ball. But uh, there's been just a few times where just one guy noticed that the ball was on the ground could have really turned some of these games. So um, yeah. and like I said, just those tip pass could have been an interception kind of a ref's call, you know, even was it, I can't remember what jeans Saratine or whatever the, the ref that does all the analysts for Fox or CBS or one of them at the time, he said it was an interception. Now I know he's walked that back today and said yeah. that he's went back he's and wrong. looked at it again, but, yeah. but like I said, it was a close call. Yeah. So a few things that could have really turned that game into a little bit easier feeling at the end of it, instead of it being coming down to a couple of defensive plays. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, 
did want to give one more stock up here. I know we're at an hour now, but uh, shout out to the kicker, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Three for three. Not all of those easy uh, kicks. His name is escaping me right now because I just I know Brett Mar was there. We go Lutz. I was like Mar was just released. All I can think is Mar. Uh, but uh, Will Lutz did want to give a shout out to him as well. Broncos win the game by two, and the Packers kicker misses one field goal. The Broncos kicker goes three for three. Special teams matter, and shout out to Westoff as well. And uh, Sean Payton, Broncos defense has been in an absolute toilet show for five years now, six years now. I think they're number eight in DVOA so far this season. So uh, little improvements there. It's not a great team this season, but uh, some area where at least you guys can take a little solace. Special teams has been a lot better. Right. And I mean, other than that very first game, he missed his very first two kicks for the Broncos. He has been perfect since then. And I mean, every one of them just solid, pretty much straight down the middle. It's not even a question of whether it's going through. And like I said, Brett Maher got cut this week. McManus today. has been, yeah, or yeah, today. McManus has been good, but not great. He's just had a lot more opportunities. So Will Lutz looking like it's actually one of those decent trades for the Broncos. Probably worth the seventh round pick to get a, a consistent kicker that you can trust. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Good to see that. Good to see some special teams play. Good to hang out, Carl. I think I preferred yeah. it in person, but uh, good to be back some normalcy here. I know Scott is happy for a normalcy back to my schedule. So appreciate everyone coming in today. Uh, shout out to all the stars that came through. We appreciate everybody. I see Michael Ronquillo has one more here. I'll saying great show tonight to Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. We appreciate you, Michael. Hope you're doing well. Always good to hear from you. Really awesome to see everybody over at the meet and greet and uh, have the Broncos playing Football, that's competitive. Uh, we'll see what happens this week with the Chiefs game. The Broncos, even when there's a massive talent discrepancy, they seem to play them tough. I saw that there's cold and snow in the forecast also. I mean, God, we got so lucky with the weather at the meet and greet. God, <laughs> uh, But uh, who knows? Uh, that's why you play the game, right? It's not played on paper. So Broncos team, feisty. We'll see what happens with that game. Appreciate everyone coming in today, hanging out with us. Make sure you're following Carl and I on Twitter. Carl's at Carl Dumbler, MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BTB Football Pod and, of course, at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, make sure that you subscribe to our show on YouTube, Mile High Huddle, like the channel, and share it on your social media platforms. Carl, floor is yours before we get on out of here. Yeah, just again, wanted to say great meeting all of you that I hadn't met or Reseeing again at the meet and greet. Uh, always good to get to talk to you guys. Always, you know, anytime you want to meet, reach out to us on Twitter. Definitely do that. Uh, we always appreciate having those conversations beyond even the show here. And Nick, man, finally, we, we made it together and, and help break your curse. So I guess we need to do that more often. I guess so, man. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, hopefully we can get some more out there next year. And uh, yeah, just a really good time. Um, fun to see a win. We'll see what the rest of the season brings. Uh, we'll see you guys again next Tuesday on another episode of Building the Broncos. Uh, but until then, make sure you're making that choice of uh, going for compassion and kindness. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. 